Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's take a look at the Mets as we get ready to start the second half of the season on the road in Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati before they return to City Field. Mets sitting in good position, 47-40. and 40. They're three and a half games up in the National League East, what's been a weak National League East thus far, even though they picked the last day of the first half to have one of their worst losses of the season, a 5 nothing lead against the same Pirates that they'll open up the second half against, and they blew that game 6-5. to But before we even get to the Mets, let's just talk about the draft for a short bit because that just happened, and the Mets absolutely stole their first-round pick. Anytime you can have a pitcher of the caliber of Kumar Rocker dropped to you at the number 10 spot in the draft. You have to take him, and the Mets did. That was a absolute steal. It was funny, going into the drafts, the Mets were perceived anyway to be looking more at position players, uh, in particularly uh, outfielders, but you know, they have some good position players, third baseman Brett Beatty, shortstop Ronnie Mauricio, catcher Francisco Alvarez. They're kind of short on outfielders, but anytime you can concentrate on pitching and get good pitching, you have to do it. And the Mets, of course, took Rocker with the number one pick. On day two, there were nine picks, and they took seven pitchers there. And then they took four more on day three when there were 10 picks. So out of the 20 picks they had, 12 of them were pitchers, and I don't think you can go wrong. Anytime you can bolster your pitching, either for trades down the line or guys who can come through the system quickly, like a Tyler McGill did to help this team this year, you have to do it. And with Rocker, as I mentioned, you get an absolute steal. He, along with Al Leiter's kid Jack, did a great job for Vanderbilt University this year. Rocker, 321 strikeouts in 237 innings. That's impressive on any level. 12.2 strikeouts per nine innings for Rocker. 
He's got a very good fastball, which sort of tailed off a little bit this year, according to people who watched him regularly. But he's still mid-90s to high-90s with the fastball on a regular basis. And he has great breaking pitches, including a terrific slider. So this is a guy that his stuff is going to play on the major league level. How fast he comes remains to be seen, but uh, he should be on the fast track to the majors. As a freshman back in 2019, he went 4-0 with an ERA under one in the postseason, also became the first pitcher to throw a no-hitter in the Super Regional. He did that against Duke uh, with 19 strikeouts in that game against Duke, and he was the most outstanding player in Omaha as a freshman when Vandy won the national championship. So, you know, he comes with some serious cred, and he's also got some genes, too. His dad, Tracy Rocker, was an all-American linebacker at Auburn, and now coaches with the Philadelphia Eagles. So you're going to hear a lot about Kumar Rocker, and probably in short time. But it was a great draft anyway for the Mets, who, uh, interestingly enough, uh, chose a couple of Fairfield University uh, kids on the on the third day, third and final day. Fairfield had a great season in the MAC this year. Um, you know, again, those maybe long shots to make uh, the major leagues, but it was an interesting draft for the Mets, and 12 pitchers out of 20. And again, when you get a, a kid like Rocker at the top of your draft, it's, it's a great day. Now, on to the Mets, who, like I said, sit in pretty good position as they begin here the uh, second half of the season, but you know, they have some work to do. They're three and a half games up on the Philadelphia Phillies right now. Uh, they're also four games up on the Atlanta Braves, six games up on the Washington Nationals, who seem to be fading, certainly were before the All-Star break, and nine up on the Miami Marlins. This is a division that the Mets, I think anyway, should win easily. All right? Uh, they have work to do, and they have things to improve on. There's no question. But when you look at Philadelphia, they don't have a defense. They have an awful defense, if they do have a defense. And their bullpen has always been a question mark for them. Is it better this year than it was last year? Yeah, but that's almost easy to do. Phillies still have problems in the bullpen. I just don't think they have enough to catch this Mets team. Atlanta probably did, but the loss of Ronald Acuna Jr. is just a devastating blow for them, on top of Marcel Ozuna already being out of the lineup and the pitching problems that they've had. They're not going to get Mike Soroka back at all. Second Achilles surgery for him. They've also had problems with their regulars in the rotation. Some of the kids have been, you know, have taken a step up and a step back. There's some problems with Ian Anderson and his shoulder. So I just don't think Atlanta has enough as well. Washington was a team that kind of jumped back in after they did a very good job against the Mets. They took four or five from the Mets at one point in the first half there. But then they had the Dodgers at home and then went out west to face San Diego and San Francisco. They lost 9 of 11. They got swept by the Dodgers at home and then uh, only won two games in San Diego. They were swept by the Giants. They set six back. I just don't know if they have enough. We'll see if Strasburg gets back, if that gives them a bump. But uh, the Mets should be able to hold them off. And the Marlins, God bless them, they do have very good young pitching, but they've had injuries galore. They can't seem to keep people on the field and keep them healthy. Uh, They just don't have enough. I didn't think they had enough to begin the season. I thought they'd be a much better team than they are, but they can't score. And they're nine games back. This is a division that the Mets should win. I'm not going to say handily, but they should win. Uh, I still think they will. But like I mentioned, they still have things that they have to improve on at this point in time. And hopefully they're going to in the second half. Now, where do those improvements come from? Well, you know, one name that jumps out 
is Michael Conforto right away. Conforto did not have a good first half. Obviously, he was banged up an awful lot. I thought it was a great sign that in the uh, Saturday doubleheader, he had a game where he drew three walks. Anytime Conforto gets multiple walks in a game, I'm, I'm usually set to see him take off. And the next day, he went two for four, hit a three-run homer. Now, you have the all-star break, so... Does that negate it? I don't know. Uh, but Conforto has got to figure things out uh, if this team is going to be a consistent offensive team. He was 3-for-16 during the homestand, had that three-run homer, but you know, basically it's been a lost first half for Michael Conforto. Like I said, anytime he draws walks, I think that's a great sign because he's staying away from pitches that he can't hit, and he's going after pitches that he can drive in the zone. Uh, it's usually a great sign for Conforto, especially when he starts using the whole field. But, uh, again, we'll see if he can pick it up at the start of the second half. But that's one spot where the Mets obviously have to get going. Dom Smith is another. Smith hit under 200 on the homestand. He was 4 for 21, had a couple of RBIs. Dom's had some moments, obviously, but not consistent moments and certainly not as consistent as he was last year. Everyone points to Francisco Lindor. Yeah, he definitely has to be better offensively, but he's gotten better. It's kind of a gradual climb for Lindor. Since June 1st, his OPS is 777. So, you know, it's not going to, you don't go, oh, wow, but he has gotten better offensively. Uh, the last game of the season, he went three for four, had a homer, a couple of RBIs. He did have two homers and seven RBIs during the homestand and hit well. He hit 333. So things, I think, are pointing up for. Lindor and Pete Alonso, those two guys in the middle of your lineup, obviously, if they start hitting and doing their job, it makes things a lot easier for everybody else. And Alonso seems to be on a tear. Alonso with six home runs, 14 RBIs uh, in the last 19 games. And uh, he had a couple of homers, a couple of doubles, six RBIs during the homestand. You saw what he did, obviously, during the home run derby. Uh, that doesn't or shouldn't have any effect on what he does on a day to day basis, but. You get the sense that Alonzo may be ready for a tear, and the Mets could certainly use that. Brandon Nimmo at the top, he's been terrific. He missed two months, two months of the season. But here's an interesting stat on Nimmo that, you know, in the leadoff position, you know, where he's cemented, anytime he's in the lineup, he's going to be hitting leadoff, and he should. But in that leadoff position in the first inning, he's hitting 391, 9 for 23 in the first inning with a 462 on base percentage. It's precisely what you want from your leadoff hitter and the guy that's going to start things going for you. He had a very good home stand as well, 292, uh, four doubles, scored six runs uh, during that final home stand before the break. So, you know, Nimmo is there. Uh, you'd like to see a little bit more from. Uh, from James McCann behind the plate offensively, but uh, Jeff McNeil, I think, is picking it up as well. He hit 389 during the homestand, 7 for 18 with four RBIs. McNeil sometimes is his own worst enemy because he just gets down on himself anytime he makes an out, but I think things are coming more consistently for him and probably settling into a groove. But those are some of the things offensively that the Mets you know, have to pick up here in the second half. And one thing to look at uh, – is run differential. You know, it's not a, a be-all, tell-all statistic, but it does 
tell you a lot. Right now, the division leaders in baseball, the Mets have the lowest plus run differential of any of the division leaders in all of baseball. Houston sits at the top of the plus 136. The White Sox and San Francisco are pretty close, plus 117, plus 116, respectively. Boston is at plus 57, leading the AL East. Milwaukee leads the NL Central, plus 46. The Mets are at plus 9. Now, that's not terrible because the division has been terrible, but just as a point of reference, going back to the last full season, in 2019, the Cardinals were the lowest plus run differential team to win their division. They were at plus 102. So you got a long way to go between plus 9 and plus 102. And the Mets will get better, you would assume, as soon as the offense gets a little bit better. But uh, you, you've got to be a more balanced team. They've done it with pitching. Uh, it's been terrific so far. And we'll get to the pitching here in a second because the Mets are going to need some pitching, I think. Uh, but... They've done it with pitching in the first half, and the offense certainly has been spotty, but they have to do a better job uh, in that statistic and that category. It's going to make their life a lot easier, especially when they get to the postseason, which I think they'll do. Um, As far as the pitching goes, that's something that I think they probably should concentrate on at the trading deadline. I know there's been talk about adding another bat, uh, adding some offense. I, I don't know if you necessarily need that. They're going to get J.D. Davis back here at the break as well. And J.D. has been crushing it down to A. Uh, is J.D. going to play every day? No, probably not, because Jonathan VR has done a very good job, and I think you've got to, you've got to uh, blend him into the lineup as well. But you know, J.D. can be a powerful bat for you. Uh, he's missed a lot of time this year, much more time than anybody thought, I'm certainly that he thought. Uh, but Davis, I think, is an important bat to get back as well and is going to help them. Uh, so I think that helps your offense as well. Uh, the Mets need pitching. Listen, they have DeGrom at the top. Taiwan Walker has been solid. Marcus Stroman is going to start the opening game of the second half. And the last four starts have not been great for Stroman. Now, he says it's because of the hip issue and other things that have been going on. We'll see if Stroman can pick it back up and get to the level that he was at the beginning of the season because he certainly hasn't been at that level over the last four starts. But um, he's confident that he can do that. I guess we'll begin to see on uh, on Friday against Pittsburgh, whether he can do that at PNC Park because he he says he feels much better going into the second half. But those three have certainly kept the Mets afloat. After that, David Peterson has been up and down. You just don't know with the oblique when he's going to be able to come back. Tyler McGill has been a revelation, and he's been a great addition. Four starts, the Mets have won all four. He's kept them in the games, even if he hasn't gone that deep. He's kept them right in there. He's got a lot of poise. Uh, You really like what you see from a kid who's bumped from double-A to triple-A very quickly and then onto the major leagues and, and made an impression very quickly as well. Where do they go from there, though? You know, you, you have names. You have Jared Eikhoff. You have Robert Stock. I actually think there there might be something in Stock, whose last start was very good at AAA. Six innings, uh, one run, one walk. He had eight strikeouts in that one. Uh, got a good fastball. I, I don't think he's a great pitcher, but he's a guy that can certainly be adequate as, say, a number five starter. Pitched against the Mets as a Cub, and then his next start was as a Met. Um, but I think Stock may be able to help them. I think the Mets should at least look at a couple of names that are out there, and I don't think you have to look at, say, a Barrios out of uh, Minnesota uh, where you'd have to pay an awful lot, and there are some guys that you might have to pay an awful lot for. Um, 
But I, I don't necessarily think the Mets need a guy like that. I think they need a solid you know, four or five starter to put in there. A guy who's going to go out there every fifth day, take the ball, and uh, you don't have to worry about bumping him or having him go on the injured list as we've seen so many pitchers go on the IL this year. Um, John Gray is interesting from Colorado. He's a five-plus uh, service time guy, uh, free agent in 2022. Um, Colorado obviously looking to move some pieces uh, as they go down the tubes in the in the NL West. Uh, Tyler Anderson is another one. They they're going to probably see him uh, during the Pirates series, and they did see him in the in the previous series against the Pirates at uh, at City Field. Uh, left-hander who is also five plus service time guy. Uh, he could be a guy that could help you as well. Merrill Kelly is a guy that interests me. Now, you might have to pay a little bit more for him. I don't think he'd have to pay a lot, but he's a free agent in 2025, so he's under control for a while. He has two years of service time, but Kelly has been terrific. His last five starts for a terrible Arizona team. He's 3-0 and in his last five starts with an ERA of 205 and seems to be really picking it up in the second half. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that would intrigue me. But I, I think the Mets need to get a pitcher to put in this rotation just for the sake of getting a guy out there every five days. So after the first three, DeGrom, Walker, and Stroman go, you're not going eeny, meeny, money mo, which has been the situation pretty much in the first half. I mean, t- TBD or TBA, to be determined or to be announced, uh, those are your number four and five starters for the Mets basically through the first half of the season. And I think you have to get away from that in the second half to l- allow the other guys to settle down and pitch every five days. Uh, they've had doubleheaders galore. I know that. They still have some coming up the second half. But uh, I think if you could get a solid guy in there that you can put out every five days and feel confident in that he'll keep you in the game, uh, that'd be a huge plus for this Mets team, which I think, yes, will win the National League East. Another matter before we close, black jerseys. The blackout is returning Friday, July 30th against Cincinnati at City Field. That'll be the first time the Mets will wear their black jerseys this year. So the blackout will be there every Friday at City Field for the remainder of the season. The black jerseys, you will see them. So people and fans of the black jerseys, uh, you'll begin to see it on Friday, July 30th against Cincinnati at, uh, at City Field. I'm Ed Coleman, and uh, that's a, a little preview of the second half as we get things underway. We'll continue with the Mets podcast as we go through the second half and see if we can uh, get this team to the postseason. Enjoy the day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.